This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Air Force is making a concentrated effort to move its personnel systems away from the 1980s and into the 21st century. The advent of coronavirus is making that process even more important as the service thinks about future recruitment and retainment. For more on readiness, data, and other personnel issues, Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni spoke with the Air Force Assistant Deputy Chief of Staff for Manpower, Personnel, and Services, Gwen DeFilippi. Coronavirus is, it was a big setback, and it's, been, it's had a huge impact in terms of what our workload has been like for the last month and a half as we try to help the Air Force move from largely an in-person presence to as much distributed operations as possible. That impacted uh, our ability to um, to bring people into the force and strength ties. So, so we have reduced the number that we're assessing into the Air Force, but we we're in a manageable level. We uh, we have I think we took maybe a one week pause, but we've operated our um, basic military training continuously, and have been able to produce the number of people that we need. Uh, coronavirus changes the mix of skills that we need. So we've been looking at whether we've got um, we reached out to our medical professionals that were planning to separate it and offer them an opportunity to stay with us longer so that we could retain that skill set that we really need right now to support the nation and to deliver medical care, not just for the Air Force and the Department of Defense, but also um, to to deploy medical providers into um, areas like New York State where there were additional um, providers needed to, to support the community. In terms of the data we collect, it, it placed more of an emphasis on knowing how much movement we have projected into this into the summer. So as you can imagine, an organization like the Air Force, um, we, we do a lot of movement of our personnel to, for a whole variety of reasons. Uh, some of it is to make sure that we send people to overseas opportunities to meet our readiness needs overseas, but we don't want to leave people overseas for forever. So we would normally have a a set of people that rotate home from overseas assignments. Because of the stop movement orders that were put in place by the Secretary of Defense, there was a bit of a slowdown on that. We also have other kinds of moves in the system, people that would change commands. We don't leave commanders in place for an indefinite period of time, as you might imagine, And, and a whole variety of other reasons that we move people. But when the stop movement order was issued by the secretary, we significantly reduced the number of people that were allowed to move. But in, in this massive system, we have this general throughput that goes. So so we've really been focused on understanding how many moves we had projected, where they were going, what they supported, if there was any ability to just turn those off so that we could do our part in flattening the curve. Do you see the makeup of the Air Force changing at all due to the challenges from coronavirus? Do you need more medical positions, things like that? I don't know that we have fully analyzed all of that. And while there might be some adjustments at the margin, largely the Air Force mission remains unchanged, and that's to be prepared to deliver aerospace and cyberspace capabilities in support of the nation's defense. And and while medical is important and we may try to retain more medical talent today, um, that won't replace a, a need to provide airspace and cyberspace power for the for the nation. So I don't anticipate large changes to our mission sets or our roles and responsibilities, which would necessitate a change in the kinds of people that we have. Moving on from coronavirus, what are some of the personnel challenges that you're facing right now, especially when it it comes to data? The largest challenge that we face is that we're in a war for talent and we want to attract uh, our nation's best and brightest for military and civilian service. And so 
Um, so one of the challenges that we face is to make sure that we are perceived as an employer of choice. And to do that, we need to be able to um, to take into account personal preference. So, so in terms of the assignments, since we've been talking a little bit about that, uh, probably over a year ago, we uh, implemented technology-enabled solution that relies heavily on data and some interesting algorithms that are used in the medical residency process to start to take into account people's individual preferences about where they would be assigned given available opportunities. It's called the Talent Marketplace, so it allows an individual uh, airman. Right now, it's rolled out for officers. We're starting to bring it into the enlisted workforce, and in the future, we would roll it out for our civilian workforce. Um, so it allows an officer to go in and describe their competencies and capabilities and bid on jobs. It also allows people that own jobs for the first time to see the available talent and express preferences about who they'd like to hire into their open positions. And then we use um, the tool that is used in matching residents to residencies to optimize how we move, uh, assign those people to jobs. And then after that, we go back and, and we have a human look at making sure that we've got everything in the right place. But it's tools like that that allow us to start to enable airmen to express preference about what their career looks like, what's important to them, and to really start to change so that we're still a military organization. We still care a lot about uh, order and discipline and making sure that, that people are ready and capable. Sometimes they have to do things they might not want to do. But at least with a tool like the Talent Marketplace, we start to communicate to potential employees as well as our current service members and employees that we do care a lot about what they think and we want to accommodate them as much as we can while still meeting the Air Force mission. On the civilian side, a time to hire is really important to us. So we know that if it takes us over 100 days to hire somebody for a position, that we're not going to be as competitive as other employers that are more agile. And so we've really worked hard to use data and dashboards to um, to reduce our time to hire. So we moved from about 110, 120 days on average to hire civilians about a year ago or over a year ago to 83 days on average now. So we're hovering right around the OPM target goal of 80 days to hire. Um, so we're really proud of that. And it, it relies a lot on our ability to use data. It also relies on our ability to have modern tools on board. So we've, you know, we've recently implemented some data visualization tools, but we've also been working hard on taking our data and cleaning it up so that we have a source of truth um, instead of you know, we, we built most of our HR human resources databases over many, many, many years. And so we have a system for each unique thing we wanted to do, which means that the data that they produce or that they draw on is often unique individual sets and we repeat information in our system of systems. So we're working and very close to delivering one data lake that would have all of the the ground truth of a human resource data, which would allow us then to do a lot of other things. DoD's IT systems aren't necessarily known for being fast and agile. So, you know, what are you doing in terms of that to try and make your systems better and work with a more 21st century type of personnel system? So one of our major initiatives in the Air Force human resource community is to modernize our data, our, our IT system. So we're working to move from about 120 different individual systems that support the way we do business to five 
kind of or six maybe broad kinds of platforms, and they do generally speaking rely on on a best best industry platform as a service, software as a service kinds of technologies. So we've identified the strategy, and we're we're in varying parts of uh, implementing it. So one element of that is the talent management data environment that I mentioned, the data lake, and that we're almost finished creating that. And that had to go first because in order for us to implement other parts of the, the system, we have to have that. We've been working for many years on, on modernizing the master personnel file for military members in the Air Force. Uh, all the services are working through that. Um, and I think we're we're making decent progress on that. Air Force Assistant Deputy Chief of Staff for Manpower, Personnel and Services, Gwen Filippi, speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. The people who looked through 200 resumes to fill a job also waited 40 minutes for their internet to dial up. You don't wait 40 minutes for your internet to dial up. You use Upwork to quickly hire talent. This is how we work now. 